This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. We lived in Lakeside on a dirt road. Started off with three miles down the Willow Road is where we lived on the side of a mountain uh, with 300 goats. We were very hospitable. We had 300 goats dinner. We had no city water. We had no sewer, but we did have a lot of dirt, a lot of dust, and a lot of flies and a lot of goats. And some of you remember those days. Gene, you remember those days. Your husband came and said, when he first saw that house with us, he says, he looked at it like a prophet and he said, this place is going to absorb work. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, and then came the time when we were gonna finally leave that place after 10 years and we were gonna move to civilization. You know? And we all knew what we wanted. Uh, well, that depends on who you asked. For example, like uh, of the three boys, of my three boys, Joshua was the one, he loved that lakeside house. He loved all the dirt, the forts, the 300 goats. He never wanted to leave there. If it was up to him, we would have never moved off of that dirt pile. Uh, Joseph, on the other hand, the middle one, he hated all that dirt. From the very first night when we drove out there in the rain, when he was three years old, he cried the whole time, turn around, turn around, go home, go back home. He said, if it was up to him, we never would have moved out to Willow Road. And David was ready for a move because he just didn't like having in his room to have the ceiling having sticky flypaper hanging down. He didn't, he didn't like that. Well, the time had finally come for us to find a new house, and we all knew that that uh, Cheryl, the mama, had, to, had a lot of requirements for the new home. And so we all told her, look, you go find the house. We're not gonna go look for the house. And after you've made your selection, we'll come in, we'll either ratify or reject the, your decision. So Cheryl worked with a real estate agent uh, from Leonard Smith Realty over in La Mesa, used to be the big place. And Cheryl was shown house after house in the areas of La Mesa. And Cheryl rejected house after house. Till finally, the, the agent was very frustrated. It went on for months. It went on for months, and she said to Cheryl, she said, Cheryl, would you really know the right home if you saw it? She asked her that. <laughs> but Cheryl did know. 
And when she found that house, she said, this is it. I found what I was looking for. That's what's happening here with this pearl buying man. He looked after pearl after pearl till he find the right pearl. And as he rejected one pearl after the other, the pearl salesman maybe would have said something to, would you know the right pearl if you saw it? But he did know, and when he found it, he said, this is it. I have found the pearl I was looking for. You know, last week I spoke with a Jewish man who told me that he had read the Book of Mormon, the Book of Enoch, the, the Koran, and the Apocrypha in search of what he was looking for. And the person who is thirsty for God, he knows what he's looking for, just like that pearl buyer in verse 40, 45, 46. He's looking for the perfect pearl, just like Cheryl looking for the perfect house. The house search, the pearl search goes on. It goes on till the right pearl is found. It goes on till the right house is found. And as with that pearl buyer, there was a rejection of pearl after pearl until the right pearl was found. And as with, with Cheryl, the house buyer, there was a rejection of house after house until the right house was found. And so with the God seeker, there will be a rejection of book after book till God is found. And as with the pearl seeker, each pearl rejected was there. Nope, that's not the pearl I'm looking for. And with Cheryl, each house rejected was, no, that's not the house I'm looking for. And with the God seeker, with each apocrypha, Bhagavad Gita and Talmud, all rejected, there will be the no, that's not the God that I'm looking for. And someone might ask the seeker of God, if he would know, if he would know the right book when he found it, and the true seeker of God, he reads the Bible, and he says, he says with the pearl buyer in verse 45, he says, with Cheryl, I found it. I found what I was looking for. I found the Bible. I found Christ in the Bible. Now, after this man, in verse 45 here, he finds this, it's what's described in verse 46, one pearl of great price. After he found and he, he buys this one pearl of great price, if he was told, if somebody came up to another pearl salesman, came up to him and says, oh, wait a minute, wait, there's another pearl. You must see this other pearl. I'm sure you would prefer this other pearl more than the pearl that you sold everything and bought. A, would you like to see this new pearl? That man, in verse 45, would say three things. He would say, oh no, first, I knew what I was looking for in a pearl. Second, I knew when I found what I was looking for in that pearl. And third, I'm satisfied with that pearl. And I'm no longer looking for another pearl. I made my decision, I sold all I had to get that. I am out of the pearl buying business. And why would this man say such a thing in verse 45, 46? He would have said, why would he refuse to look at another pearl? Because he knew what he wanted in a pearl. He knew when he found it in the pearl, and he was satisfied with the pearl he bought. If after Cheryl had found that one house in El Cajon, and she bought it, and then she was told, oh, but wait a minute, there's another house. You must see the other house. I'm sure you're gonna prefer this other house more than the house you got. Would you like to see this new house? Cheryl would have said the same three things. She would have said, oh, no. I knew what I was looking for in a house first. Second, I knew when I found it. And third, I'm satisfied with the house I bought. I'm out of the house buying business. And why would she have done that? Because she knew what she was looking for. She knew when she found it and she was satisfied when she had it. Just like when a man wants to get married and he's seeking a wife. And after he found this Mrs. Perfect then, that he was looking for and they are married and he heard an evil voice within him say, oh, but wait, there's another girl. 
have you really taken a good look at this other girl? I'm sure you'd prefer this other girl more than the girl you married. Would you like to look? Would you like to have a taste of this other girl? And the right words are the same three things that the pearl buyer and Cheryl would have said. Oh no, first, I knew what I was looking for in a wife. Second, I knew when I found her in that girl who's now my wife, I knew I found her. And third, I'm satisfied with that girl's my wife. I'm out of the wife-seeking business. I'm no longer looking for another girl. I made my decision, I married the girl I was looking for that I found. Now, why would a man say that? He would have said that because you know, he knew what he was looking for, he knew when he found it, and he's satisfied with her. On the other hand, if the man was told about a, the, the man in verse 45, I mean, a man in 45, the, the pearl buyer, was told about another pearl that after he made his decision and he bought the pearl and he said, why not? I'll look at another pearl. If he would have said that, it would have been because he didn't know what he was looking for. He didn't realize when he found that pearl that he had found what he needed and he would have been restless. And if Cheryl was told about another house, she made her decision and she said, oh, why not? I'll look at another house. It would have been because she didn't know what she was looking for in a house. She didn't realize when she found it, she was restless, but that's not what happened. But, and if that man was told about another girl after he was married and said, why not? I'll look at another girl. If he says that, it's because he didn't know what he was looking for in a wife. He didn't realize what he found in this girl that he had, and he'd be restless. And unfortunately, that's the reason for so much marital unfaithfulness and divorce today. And that Jewish man said to me last week, have you read the Quran? Have you read the Book of Mormon? And when I told him I had not, he said to me, why not? Actually, the Somali guy yesterday said, have you read the Quran? I said, no. He says, why not? Would you like to? I said, no, I don't want to read it. I said, I hadn't read the Quran. I hadn't read the Book of Mormon. And why not? Why don't you want to read him? And I said, because of three things. First of all, I knew what I was looking for when I was looking for God. Second of all, I knew that when I found Christ that I found the God I was looking for. And third, I'm satisfied with Christ as my God and my Savior. I'm out of the God-seeking business right now. And I made my decision when I took Christ as my God and my Savior. As the hymn says, I thirsted in the barren land of sin and shame, and nothing satisfying there I found. But to that blessed cross of Christ one day I came, where springs of living water did abound, drinking at the springs of living water. Happy now am I. My soul they satisfy, drinking at the springs of living water. Oh, wonderful, bountiful supply. How sweet the living waters from the hills of God. It makes me happy all the way. Now glory, grace, and blessing mark the path I've trod. I'm shouting hallelujah every day. And this was what Jesus offered in John 7:37. John 7:37, when he said, in that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And if I had said, when he asked me why I didn't read the Quran and the Book of Mormon, if I had said, why not? I'll read the Quran, I'll read the Book of Mormon. If I had said that, it would have been because I didn't know what I was looking for when I was looking for God. And I didn't know when I found Christ. Restlessness. But that's not what happened. I remember the moment, the time when I received Christ in the office of Pastor Ray Hahn in Pacific Beach at Manuel Baptist Church. And I remember how I felt when I lifted my head in prayer and, and I thought, I found what I was looking for, just like the hymn. I found what I was looking for when I found the Lord. Just like the man in verse 45, he found what he was looking for when he found that pearl of great price. Just like Cheryl, she found what she was looking for when she bought that house. Just like the faithful husband 
who found what he was looking for. And if that pearl seeker had any doubts about whether that pearl he found and purchased was the pearl that he was looking for to satisfy, then he would respond with interest to the offer of another pearl that was available. Same with Cheryl. She had any doubts about whether the house she had and bought was what she was looking for would satisfy her. She would respond. She would have responded with interest to the offer of another house was available. That husband had any doubts about whether the girl he found and married was the girl he was looking for to satisfy him. He would respond with interest to an offer of another girl that was available. And if that believer had any doubts about whether Christ that he found and received was sufficient to satisfy him, he would respond with interest to the offer of Mormonism, Islam, Judaism, Unitarianism, Jehovah Witness, worldliness. And this explains why those souls who are represented by the parable of the rocky ground, the thorny ground, they fall away from the Lord Jesus. It's because that from the beginning, deep, deep down, there were doubts about whether Christ that they had found and received was able to satisfy them. Now we see one word in verse 46 that speaks another truth to us. Verse 46, which is where it says, who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it. And the word is one pearl. He realizes that there's not another one like it. And that's a picture of a person who finds Christ as a pearl of great price. He realizes there's no one else like Christ. There's no one else like the Lord Jesus. And it's, it's really the theme of the Song of Solomon. The, the Shunammite there has said, well, why is your man better than any other man? And really, the Song of Solomon is saying there is nobody else like him. It's really the theme of the book of Micah. Micah, there's no one like God. A key verse of the book of Micah is Micah 7.18, Micah 7.18, where he says, who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity, passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage, who retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy? That's the theme of the book of Micah. As a matter of fact, Micah is like Michael. The word Michael means who is like God. Michael, Michu. Uh, El, God, who is like God. In other words, no one's like God. And that's what's being brought out in verse 46 when he had found one pearl of great price. Not many, but one pearl of great price. And, and then there's another important word in verse 46, and it speaks to us, and it's the word went. When he had found one pearl, verse 46, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So he finds this pearl this singular pearl, this pearl that he, imagined, that, 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 that he never imagined uh, existed. And this one pearl that stopped all of his pearls searching and buying forever. And he didn't go away amazed saying to himself, wow, what a pearl that was. That's amazing. I never seen a pearl like that. I don't think I'll ever see a pearl like that again. I'm just awestruck. He saw that pearl and immediately Wheels started turning in his head and plans were formulated and he saw that pearl and feet started to move, carrying him away to execute his plans. And he saw that pearl and hands were busy collecting all of his possessions. He saw that pearl and the new motto of this pearl buyer's life is make it happen. Make that pearl my pearl. 
And it wasn't easy for that pearl to become his pearl. He said, I have to have that pearl and I'm prepared to give up everything I own in order to own that pearl. Because once he saw that pearl, he had to have that pearl, cost what it would. No price was gonna be too great for him to own that pearl. He had to own that pearl. Once he saw that pearl, he flew into this flurry of action. Just like the man in the previous parable who found the treasure in the field, he runs home, he gets everything he owns together, he finds a buyer, he sells it, get the money to buy that field, get the money to buy that pearl. Can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine if today you left the chapel here and you went out and you got all of your possessions together and you, I got a, and you found somebody to buy it? You'd be all over eBay or OfferUp or something like that. Was that, would that be easy? No, wouldn't be easy at all. It wasn't easy for this man. But when he saw that pearl for the first time, this man saw an opportunity. That's what he saw. He saw an opportunity. He says, I see an opportunity for myself, an opportunity for me to own that pearl. He sees that opportunity. He sees an imperative. He says, I must, an imperative for himself. I have to move immediately. I have to make that pearl my own. It reminds me when, uh, Cheryl graduated from Miami University and uh, when she was 22 years old. And I still had three more years to go. And I thought, to, I thought, I remember thinking to myself, there's no way that I'm gonna let Cheryl go on the open market where I could lose her. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and that's why I asked her to marry me when I was 19 because I knew a good thing when I saw it and I wasn't, I wasn't gonna lose her. So did this man, he knew a good thing when he saw it. And there was no way he's gonna let that pearl go on the open market where he could lose that pearl. It was gonna be now or never for him. And that's the way it is when a person finds Jesus Christ. Just like with this pearl buyer, just like with this pearl, just like with me, with, with Cheryl, just, it, so it is with a person who finds Christ. He sees Christ, he sees an opportunity, he sees an imperative, he sees I've got to make Christ my own. Many people saw Christ. Many people saw Christ in the Gospels. And some wanted Christ. And some needed Christ, they wanted, some knew they needed Christ, but only a few said, I have to have Christ, and I have to make my move to follow Christ, cost what it would. And this pearl buyer was in this category, he had to have that pearl, and he made his move. I had to have Cheryl, and I made my move. And some have to have Christ, and they make their move to follow him. And when that pearl buyer saw that pearl, he wasn't just entertained by seeing that pearl. In a very real way, that pearl introduced into the pearl buyer's life a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety. He was anxious till he bought that pearl, till he owned that pearl. He was anxious until he got it. Reminds me of when, uh, when we at Scannabodies, we bought our first building in Otay, California. Uh, for logistics, Building A in Otay. Um, we have a Building A in Takati, but we can't come up with names. So we A, B, one, two, that's what we do for buildings. You know. So our first Building A in Otay, California. Otay, if you don't know it, you drive down there. Otay is just exploding with business. There are no buildings for sale down there. There are a lot of buildings going on. There's a lot for lease, but not for sale. And we don't lease buildings where the owner can decide one day to throw us out or raise the, the lease or force us out, whatever. We only operate in buildings that we own. If we can't own a building, then we just don't do the operations just like it is. But we needed a logistics building 
just across the border, real close within walking distance of the Otai crossing, which meant we need to buy a building in Otai, which was just impossible. This is years ago. So I called the realtor and searching, searching, and I found out there was a building that was for sale and I missed it. So I call up the seller and I asked, have you actually signed the papers <laughs> for that building and received the money? And he says, well, the buyer is getting in his car right now and he's driving over here with the papers and the money. I said, stop everything. <laughs> I said, I'll offer you more money and we'll get right over there and buy that building, which we did. Now, there was a lot of anxiety until that building was ours, you can imagine. And once we owned Logistic Building A for logistics, the anxiety was gone. It was peace, temporarily, but anyway. <laughs> and then with all of this COVID test kits that we've been making, huge numbers, uh, 200 million tests per year, um, we needed a second logistics building, Building B in Otai. You know, one for stuff going south to Mexico, the other one coming from Mexico to go out to Israel and the U.S., everywhere else. And again, no buildings are for sale in Otai. But we found out a building that was getting fixed up to get ready to go on the market, owned by a religious Jewish family from Tijuana. Again, rushed in, and we told them, you don't even have to take the trash out. <laughs> We're going to buy this place. And I told this Jewish family, my name is Thomas Castro, I said. <laughs> Instead of Thomas Cantor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God blinded them from realizing who I was. But again, a lot of anxiety until that second logistics building B was ours in Otai. But once we owned building B in Otai, the anxiety was gone. In both cases, there was anxiety until those buildings were ours. And in the same way, there was a lot of anxiety until that pearl was owned by that pearl buyer. Once the pearl buyer owned the pearl, anxiety was gone, there was peace. And in the same way, there was a lot of anxiety until I had that marriage certificate that proved that I, the underage 19-year-old kid, was really married to this older 22-year-old woman. And I carried that marriage certificate with me in my pocket. You can see a picture of it in the book, changed, all tattered and everything. But once I was married to Cheryl, the anxiety left, and there was peace, sort of. But in the same way, there's a lot of anxiety until a person receives Christ. But once a person does receive Christ, then the anxiety leaves and there's peace. And because there was anxiety, there was immediate action on the part of the pearl buyer. That's the feeling you're getting, we're all getting in verse 46, when he found one pearl of great price, went, sold all that he had, bought it. And actually, the Lord Jesus himself, he introduces a lot of anxiety when he called people to immediately drop everything and follow him, which is what he did in Mark 1.19, Mark 1.19, where it says, when he'd gone a little further thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. I mean, just think of the anxiety in that scene. I mean, there's James and John on a typical day fishing with their dad, and, and they're helping their dad repair the nets with the hired hands. And then out of the blue appears the Lord Jesus who calls them, and they just leave the nets that they were repairing, and they follow Jesus. Can't you imagine their father saying, hey, where are you going? What's going on here? What about these nets that need mending? You're just leaving me? 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.